probably in your mind thinking, oh, why doesn't he do that with me? And in my mind, I'm thinking, I wish I could stop doing this right now. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Thoughts and Perspectives, a Swinger Lifestyle Podcast. We are Ben and Kay, a two-physician couple in the lifestyle, and would like to share with you our thoughts and perspectives on related topics. We are physicians, but we are not your physicians. If you have any concerns about your personal or mental health, you should talk with your own doctors. This is an adult podcast and is not intended for people under the age of 18. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Thoughts and Perspectives. This episode is about fears in the lifestyle. And uh, I guess this is about... Not like personal fears, like my dick is too big or, or things like that, right? It's about <laughs> like our, our couple's interpersonal fears. Maybe we should have saved this for October. Maybe this should have been our Halloween episode. <laughs> right? About fear and scary the things. The spookiness of lifestyle. You know, it's, it's just all the things that hold you back in your mind, you know, from entering lifestyle, all the things that hold you back when you are already in the lifestyle you know, just kind of stuff we experienced. Well, I think I think specifically um, when we were talking about uh, the contents of this episode, we were thinking about things like fears about our relationship and how it would do in the in the lifestyle. But I, I guess there are some topics that are not that are not that. And, all of it comes back to the relationship. You know what I mean? Like whatever yeah. fears you have, it all comes back to your relationship and just yeah, kind of yeah. you're putting your relationship out out there. Yeah, you know, yeah. and kind of. Testing it. Yeah. Right? But not all fears are like that, right? Like if you have erectile dysfunction and you're worried you're not going to perform, you know, that's not going to damage your primary relationship, right? That's a, that's like a personal fear, which um, I guess we're not going to touch on too much um, during this episode. This is more like, yeah. Yeah, we have know, another just, episode about that. Oh, do we? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so the, the first topic um, that we said, a fear that they are much better looking. <laughs> And, and I, I think that means like that there's, you know, one person in the other couple where you feel like, or I guess it doesn't even have to be a couple. It could be like a single, right? And you're worried that, oh, this girl is so much more attractive or this guy is so much more attractive than me and my spouse is going to be so much more into them. You know, the funny part is when we are looking for a couple, right? You are looking for the best looking couple that you could possibly uh, hook up with, right? Like, uh, no, I, I don't, don't think that's true at all. I think so. I think, you know, you try to kind of match your attractiveness level, right? You don't want to be, like, too far below. Yeah, well, I think we learned a lot about that. We, we've we've learned that attractiveness isn't everything. In exactly. That. Yeah. So that is deceiving. So, yeah. you know, the attractiveness, while you're looking for it, then can, you know, potentially trigger insecurity, right? So, like, hey, is this girl who is much better looking than me... I can't compete with that, right? Yeah, and you think it's going to somehow damage your relationship. The husband's somehow going to be pulled away because this woman is more attractive, I guess, from your perspective. Has that ever happened where you thought that I'm with a guy who's like way more attractive than you? Um, I don't know if that's happened, but let's let's take a step back. Um, When we're looking for couples and you're saying we're looking at the most attractive couples right and i think part of that is that when we're in that kind of phase it's usually because we're online and we're flicking through profiles mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. and really there's nothing there's not that much there apart from what they look like right you don't really get any sense of the person from 
really what their profile says, right? So th- when you're looking at these online profiles, really all you're getting is, am I attracted to this person or not? Right. And you're going to be attracted to the best picture. Yeah. And you're going to be attracted to the best picture. Yeah. Well, maybe not. Um, you know, sometimes we look, we look at people, you know, and we see their photos or sometimes, you know, it's on Facebook and you get a much larger glimpse of their life. But sometimes we look at people and we go, oh, that looks like a nice, like healthy couple in the same phase of life as us. And yeah. we find that attractive. You know, what's interesting is when we look at couples profiles and we find an attractive couple. I don't have that fear. I'm also attracted to these pictures. And I'm like, oh, look at these beautiful pictures. Like, yes, 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 yes. Message them, right? Um, And when we are meeting real couples, that's when I feel it. Like, I will look at a woman and be like, oh, my God, she's hot. And then all of a sudden, I realize I am nowhere near that. Would I even, you know, look appealing to... The husband and I'm not that bad looking, right? Like I'm, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know, average size and you know I'm in pretty good shape, but you know I'm not a model, and so like I have mom's body, you know, with wide hips, and you're into that, right? I'm, yeah, I'm totally into that. <laughs> right, that's, that's my jam. But you know, when I come across kind of women who are your traditionally model-looking women, then I'm like, oh, can't compete with that. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's all in your head, right? That's not any reflection of what, like, my personal. That's what I realized. Yeah. I'm like, the women that you're most attracted to are like more, I don't know, like curvy. I don't know, more homey, more like personality wise. I'm, I'm not going to say no to a skinny woman, but <laughs> but yeah, you're on the right track. Exactly. So, you know, it's, as time goes on, I'm like. I I think that fear is more of like my own and not really anchored in anything that you think about that yeah, that's, that's my that's insecurity prob- probably true where i like i wish i had that body but i don't um but go, to go back to your question have you ever hooked up with a guy who is more attractive than me i don't think while i was there i don't think that's ever happened <laughs> of course not i was just from asking but just theoretically <laughs> exactly i'm theoretically. like the answer will always be no <laughs> i don't know always be no it will always be no <laughs> yeah, you're probably right <laughs> so yeah there's always a question are you afraid because one person in the other couple or again the single is more attractive and your partner is going to be more into them and there's that fear from that are you aware of that fear yeah yeah and i think question and i think it used to be more of an issue i think there were times where i where i would see someone and be intimidated and be like, oh, that person's so much more attractive than me and get a little bit of anxiety about it. That was at one time. Now that we're, you know, we've been in the lifestyle for a little bit, I, I when I see a more attractive guy than me, I don't go, oh, no, that guy's more attractive than me and my wife's going to be more into him than me and all this stuff. I think, wow, that's an awesome treat for my wife. We should go find that individual who's more attractive to me because she's going to love that. Right. And so that particular fear for me, it's just really not there. In fact, I think it has gone the other way where you have gotten more comfortable like, oh, this would be great to see this guy, this really nice specimen. Fuck you. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that. yeah, definitely that's true. Because, I mean, if I look at a guy and I'm like, I really don't want to see that dude on top of my wife. (laughs) (laughs) So there's that. But I think it's also like really my thought perspective is wow, that would be a really nice treat for her. And so it's it's not really a fear. It's a bonus, I guess. I don't, I'm not sure how to describe yeah, that. Yeah, it turned around your thinking. 
Okay, so another question that I have kind of in the same category is would you ever say no because you felt the woman in the relationship was too attractive and you were too worried about me being too into her because she's too attractive? You know, it's funny because I bet I would and I probably would reason it a different way. Like, oh, it's not a good match or this or that. Just like subconsciously. Exactly. Yeah, which is funny because we flip through these profiles online and we see this really attractive woman. We're like, wow, that woman's super attractive. And of course, there are no pictures of the husband. And I say, well, you know, hey, look, this girl is attractive, but there are no pictures of the husband. And you say, who cares? She is so hot. I don't care what the (laughs) husband looks like. That's exactly it. So for me, it's the reality versus the pictures. So when the pictures, it just doesn't, for some reason, doesn't trigger the same response for me. Uh, when it's the real like when you person. finally get into it, then maybe some yeah, some that's hesitation. what that's when I I think start to like oh I'm like I look like a girl next door and this woman is way too hot and so then I'm like okay you know take a breath think fear is in your head. Um, now that I'm a little bit more aware of it, I think I wouldn't say no. I think it probably would be fun to watch that. But yeah, no guarantees. Yeah. <laughs> I could still get cold feed. I think I think a lot of people do say no. I think there are a lot of couples where the partner will say no and put the veto on another couple because they're just too attractive. I th- and I think that happens a lot, which is one of the reasons why, you know, I don't get too upset, you know, if a couple's not into us, you know. Um, yeah, that, they, they, there could be a million reasons, and that's just the reason that I choose for myself to believe. If they say no, <laughs> I just go, like, "Well, we just must be too intimidatingly <laughs> attractive, charming, handsome." You know, there were a couple of scenarios where I really do think that was a kind of true statement. Yeah, yeah. where it yeah. did feel to me like for sure. You know, the wife was just a little bit more. Yeah, I, th- I think I've seen situations where the wife was intimidated by you um, for for one reason or another. Um, I, I, I bubbly personality. I can be, you know, more aggressive in terms of what I want. So I think yeah. that I I need to tone it down. But you know, yeah. like once like, I zero in what I want, I'm very um, yeah. And these forward, you know, and historically these wives have been look good to me. I don't, you know, <laughs> they don't really have any reason to, in, in, from my perspective, from my opinion, to to be that. But you know, like when you're newer to the lifestyle and somebody really wants your husband, that can be a little unsettling you know yeah i guess so that's where i like totally respect that like hey you're kind of still getting used to it just getting used to that feeling of somebody's attracted to my husband and for me i do need a little bit of chemistry like i need to like the personality of a person that makes it more fun yeah oh yeah for sure and so i think that a little bit of attractiveness makes it feel and better you know if uh if the if the girl is eager, that's like uh, that's like way bumps her up on the attractiveness scale to me, right? Like if she's like super eager to be with me, that makes her like so much more attractive to me. If some people are intimidated by eagerness, that's. <laughs> I also think it speeds things up. Yeah, we got we got stuff to do. <laughs> exactly. Got places to be. I'm like the answer is yes, and let's go. Okay, um, and I, I guess this is um, down the same sort of line of questioning. I, I just have a bullet point for younger. What if the the other woman is so much more younger? Or I guess the other guy is younger, but you know, we're new to this territory. So we are entering our forties, right? So you just turned forty and uh, no, but I look like I'm thirty. <laughs> no, 
with your uh, with my boyish good looks with your grayish temples now that's why my hair is so short (laughs) but you know this is this is new territory for us the age question so we've been in our 30s and we're kind of yeah you usually we're the ones who are like batting up a league right historically so now we're gonna approach the 45 cutoff for the young meet and greet so that's gonna get really interesting well there's an under 40 group for the next cruise and i snuck in there even though i'm 40 (laughs) don't tell them but you are 40 and i'm not 40 how does that work then well yeah you're two years younger than me so that makes you less than 40 (laughs) that's how that works Uh, so age is definitely, I feel like, you know, if, if your spouse constantly prefers people who are younger. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and now you feel like you can't compete with that. Yeah. Right? Same thing. Yeah. Or I think we were reading a Reddit post yeah, there was this a Reddit evening post. Where, the, where the wife was only into younger guys, but the husband felt it was harder to find women because the younger women weren't really into him, but a younger guy will, you know, stick their dick in anything, which I can... I can verify it's true as once having been a younger man. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's a legit fear for him. He said, are we destined to be a hot wife couple because no younger woman is ever going to be into me? Yeah, that's true. But, you know, it's interesting because it is easier mentally for me to hook up with an older guy than it is with a younger guy. It's kind of interesting. Why Why is it easier I mentally? have no idea. It's kind of easier. I could see why, like, stamina-wise, it might, like, physically it might be easier. Physically, I think it, it would be easier for me to go toward the younger road. But yeah, just kind of maturity-wise, it just feels like backwards. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, that just might be me. My next my next bullet point is bigger peep. Oh, that's yeah. one is all you. So, so um, <laughs> fear that the other guy has a larger penis. Yeah, You know, that used to be a thing. I used to be worried about that. I mean, maybe a little bit, not that much. But now I realize it's really not that important. And, you know, if we do run into someone with like a, you know, a larger peep, that's like a, it's a treat for you, I guess. And it doesn't, it doesn't really bother me. You know, people, men particularly put a lot of value in, into penis size that I think is, is really pretty misplaced. They delude themselves into thinking that size means a lot more than it does. I think that that one comes with experience. Like yeah. as we, you know, we'll have a, a night where you know, we've had a swap and yeah. and we'll share our experiences and you'll see that the experiences that I have, some of them are much better with a guy who's an average size, below average yeah. size. Yeah. And I think that over time, you kind of, I think, realize that, that there is no correlation with that. Um, and I think that, I don't know, with the just guy default mentality, it's like, oh no, yeah. penis size yeah, is everything. B- bigger is always better and that sort of thing. But I think it's more like the Harry Potter many flavored beans. Like you reach in there and you get like a cinnamon one. And you're like, oh, oh, cinnamon, awesome. But that doesn't mean you want to try all the other beans in the box. Exactly. Yeah. And there's just so much stuff that comes with, with, the, with the swap, um, you know, the whole dynamic. So I just feel like, I think with time, you kind of came to realization of like penis size, it really by itself, it just is, is like, it's just one factor of a whole big equation of stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. And yeah, and just that that one factor is not going to damage your relationship. Right? Yeah. 
Like, if you're worried that, you know, oh, suddenly, like, sex is not going to be enjoyable for her with me anymore because she's experienced this one thing or, or whatever, that's just, it's just not accurate. There were Reddit posts about, like, hey, if my spouse experiences a dick that's, like, way bigger. Yeah, yeah, will she ever be the same again? <laughs> yeah, like, like, that will break her. And the answer is no, it's a treat. You know, you'll eat that whatever banana split, and it doesn't mean that you'll want to eat banana split all the time. Oh, well, I do like banana splits. <laughs> I guess not. That doesn't go with the metaphor. Um, okay. Uh, the next bullet point I have is more charming. Um, and I guess that's that's kind of a sticking point for me still. Like if the dude is like super charming and outgoing because I'm such an introvert, I find that somewhat intimidating sometimes. So that one maybe is a little bit of still a little bit of a sticking point for me. And I'm, I'm not sure why that is other than being an introvert and seeing some other extrovert guy like doing all this stuff. That I'll yeah, take that. That's what in, it is. I'll take it into account. Oh, I mean, that's a, that's a me issue, not a you issue. That's my personal fears. I think that that's where you have to be respectful as a spouse. So your spouse may have hang-ups where you're kind of looking at like saying, why is that a hang-up? Like, that's not a that's not a thing for me. Like, I'm equally attracted to an introvert as I am to extrovert. And, and you have to be very respectful to realize, well, that just because that's not an issue for me doesn't mean that for you... You don't experience that. I still have to kind of make sure that is that kind of triggering something? Do we need to take a pause mm-hmm. and kind of is it does that feel like too much? Yeah, in, in this instance, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's that big of an issue. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen where you do need to keep an eye on your partner and making sure that they're not too, um, you know, that they're not having an issue. But I don't think this charming thing or this extroversion is that big of an issue for me. Like it gives me a little bit of a, uh, but it's not really a, it's a not really a, a little a, bit of a, what is it? Inadequacy feeling. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, the next bullet point says you're more into them. So a fear that you're more into them. Oh yeah. That's a big one for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that used to be one for me, but not really anymore. Right. Because I realize you know, the whole reason that we do this sort of thing is so that, you know, your partner, you and your partner can enjoy the experience. Right. And so I think it's when it happens, you need to take a step back and fully let your partner enjoy the moment because that's why you're doing it. And so the fact that they may be really into the, the situation or, or even the person, you just need to step back and say, you know, what am I doing and what's my role to help facilitate good experience for my spouse or my partner? Yeah, that's, that's basically what helps me in the moment because sometimes I do get a, like I get worried like, oh my God, you're really enjoying that. Kind of feels like, can I even match that level of enjoyment? Because yeah. our regular vanilla sex will never match that. Yeah. And so all that like gets restarted and I'm like, hold on, do I want him to have a bad experience? Would yeah. I rather him see him kind of on sidelines sitting there with sour face feeling left out and disappointed? And the answer is, no, absolutely not. Like, that would be much worse than I would just stop things immediately and, like, figure out what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely there's times, like, in the past where I'd look over and see you enjoying yourself and be like, oh, is she enjoying herself too much or whatever, you know? And with experience, that kind of goes away. And now when I look over and I see that, I think, you know, take it, slut. (laughs) Exactly. That's where I'm like, okay, goal accomplished. My husband is enjoying this experience. And, you know, given the two choices where they want you to enjoy it or not, of course they want you to enjoy it. And so I just kind of ask myself, I'm like, hold on, is this insecurity? Yep, it is. Hello, insecurity. 
you know, um, which leads into the next point um, is the fear that you can't satisfy them in the same way or can't do the same things. Oh, yeah. We had one encounter where the wife could do this thing with her vagina. Like, yeah, she could do like kegels. She's yeah. well practiced at it. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, well, I, I can't do that. And so the amount of enjoyment that you got out of it for a moment there I was like, well, okay, this is never going to happen for you again because I, I can't do this. And so, yeah, and which from my perspective is fine, right? Like that was a many flavored bean. It was, a, it was an enjoyable <laughs> many flavored bean, but I am just as excited to try a different flavor, you know? Yeah, that that was totally my fear where I was like, I can never match that. Oh my God, what am I going to do? And it took me a moment to kind of like come to terms with it. Like, hey, everybody is different. Like I am not going to feel like any of these women down the hall on the cruise ship. And so, and it is fine. <laughs> so it took me a moment there. All right, next bullet point, uh, fear of attachment. So oh. fear of your partner getting attached to someone else in the other couple. Um, so I think that's probably a big one. And maybe that's kind of the ultimate end point for all of those other fears. You know, it's a fear that you will basically develop feelings, right, for this other person. And there, there is place for polyamory and some yeah, people kind yeah, of... That's, and, yeah, that's kind of their jam. Right? And some people kind of like that and want that. But I, I, I think that most swingers kind of come into a swap, not hoping yeah. to develop any feelings. Yeah, I, I think some swingers evolve from that, you know. Um, and there, there's like a whole spectrum too, right? Like some people, some swingers only hook up with people after they've established like a, a, like a long-term friendship and attachment and all those things before they even decide they want to hook up. And then there's obviously swingers who go on to be into polyamory at some point. So I guess the fear of what if the attachment to your swapping partner is stronger than to your wife? Than to your, than your primary relationship, yeah. Um, yeah. And certainly if uh, if you're not like a poly person, then I guess that, that could be something disconcerting for you. And I think even for like poly relationships, they worry about that, right? Like that's probably a fear for them as well. Yeah, I think that... that that's a big one for me with repeat encounters where I'm still getting myself comfortable with that. Hey, just because we know this person and we are now friends, you know, we are we are still okay to kind of continue this interaction because the really the attachment between you and I, like it doesn't change. Yeah, I don't I don't really have any worries about that, like with repeat encounters and you like establishing feelings for like the other dude, like for whatever reason. I just don't see it happening. So <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like for me, first of all, I police my attachment. I like to say it. Yeah, yeah, and same here. Right? And you know, my entire life, I you know, I decide exactly. At one point I make a decision engage, yeah. whether I want to make that that step and why am I making that step? What's the purpose of that? So for me, it's very involved, and it is a fear. Like, hey, if you attach to another person, you have a lot of caretaking, which I think is just trait, which is great. And so sometimes I think you make an attachment through this kind of caretaking of the other person. And so, oh, sometimes I'm like, ooh, I can detect it. I'm like, and it's okay. It's just how he is. Just likes to take care of people. Um, okay. And so the next one I have is fear of dom-sub relationship with someone else. Um, so sometimes we like do this dom-sub thing. And one day you were like, hey, what do you think if I was like a sub for some other dude? And I was like, 
no. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely under no circumstances. I remember this conversation and uh, it it did not go well. And it was funny because it was like surprising to me. I was like, that would be a fun thing to do. What seems to be the problem? So I completely didn't get it. It took me a minute to kind of like add two and two together. And I was like, oh, I think that would look different. Okay, that's like a different situation. So same thing vice versa, right? So our unicorns that we have, you know, had luck to catch, um, right? Uh, uh, The last two that we were with were, you know, previously in a dom-sob relationship and kind of very explicitly told us that they're very comfortable with the dynamic and kind of wanted to play, right? Mm -hmm. And so with the first one, I wasn't really aware of what is going on, just still learning about it. And with the second, I was explicitly aware. I'm like, this is how it's going to happen. And still it was, oh, it 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 is quite a, it's a bit of. Yeah. And I think part of that was like, I was doing stuff that we don't regularly do together. Yeah. Yeah. That, that Speaking of which, that's another fear, right? Doing stuff that. Doing stuff with the other person that you don't normally do or regularly do with your spouse. Exactly. Um, A lot of Reddit posts are about it. Like spouse will see, hey, they were doing something that I want to be done. Like, you know, my husband was rough and just really fun with this other person. But kind of when we get back together, that's not how our sex is. And like, I can't get that. Just kind of processing that, you know, that... You, you can't have that kind of new interaction or you can't have that same dynamic. Someone who is like way more submissive, like I'm, I would say I'm poorly trained submissive <laughs> where I can do some stuff, but I'm still like learning to accept it. You know, it's, it's really fun. But someone who's well-trained I feel like you slip into your dynamic much easier so I can feel it. But yeah, it is still a little bit of touch and go. But I feel like that's another thing that's new. Whenever you're new, right? You're kind of in this place where you can't quite get to where you know for sure that you'll be comfortable and you don't have a way to change your perspective. So a lot of these hangups I had, right? And then I learned, hey, if I tell myself this, then it helps me to snap out of this funk and I can see things the right way because I've processed this before. And I know that two weeks afterwards, I was able to see things clearly. I'm like, okay, so now I'm going to do it in the moment. Like, hold on. You're still married to this guy. We still have a wonderful family. Like, Nobody's going to take away your family, slow it down. So now I'm a lot faster with these other scenarios versus BD stuff is still fairly new. And Mm -hmm. so that is where I'm like, oh, are you really like, if you're going to be into this so much, can't match that. Okay. Um, The next one, um, our sex will not be enough. Just logical kind of follow, right? Yeah. So when you get back home and kind of feel like, oh, our regular day-to-day life and our sex, it won't be nearly as fun as these parties or crews. And it's interesting because the rebound sex is great. Yeah. So I think that one of the surprises and with time, I think I have expectation for it. I'm like, oh, 
going to be great at the end of the night. Yeah. I think that 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 is now no longer fear. The fear I think I have now is more of, hey, our usual sex, like, I don't know, three, four weeks, five weeks out from our last encounter, is that going to be sufficient? Yeah, that's a, that's a, I mean, obviously it's going to be fine, but, uh, you know, I do get kind of burned out after like a trip, you know, so I'm out of it for like two or three weeks, which I think contributes to things. So I'm just like, eh, you know, because I've been like, like I had such a dopamine surge from one of those trips. I'm like dopamine burned out for like a week or two before. You need a little time to, to recover. Yeah, I need recovery time for sure, which I'm sure contributes to that feeling because I'm just in recovery. Oh, you're like overstimulated. Oh, I'm overstimulated. It's yeah, like, hey, too much stimulation. Need to lay off of this for a little bit. Yeah, I think that we just need a little bit more practice and time with this. And I'll get there too, but it just, with all of these fears, until you have a little bit more of exposures, until you get a little bit more of understanding, correct your perspective again, go through it again a couple more times, then you kind of detect it like, oh, that's totally mine. I wonder if for some couples, maybe that's a legitimate fear though. Like maybe they go and do something like that and then the husband's always like, oh, do this, do this. It wasn't wanting to repeat stuff from their from their previous encounters. Yeah, um, you know, the, the interesting part is with our last uh, unicorn encounter. So if there was something that I saw that you were doing, then I would immediately ask for it. Can I have that too? And you're like, sure. Yeah, and of course. So, <laughs> right? So I think with our relationship, we never came across, at least I've never came across, where if I saw you doing something to someone, that I couldn't ask you for that same thing. And with time, what I came to realize is those things that I thought you were you were not doing to me, that I was just seeing you with somebody else, I realized, no, no, we do it. <laughs> Yeah, just yeah. I, you know, from a different perspective, I'm like, in my moment, I'm like, I just was not aware of it. That's just how yeah. it looks like. And also, sometimes I do things and you're like, probably in your mind thinking, oh, why doesn't he do that with me? And in my mind, I'm thinking, I wish I could stop doing this right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Which I'm, I'm quite sure has happened. Okay. Fear it will damage our primary relationship. I guess that one maybe goes together with the attachment, but this is a fear. So I didn't develop this fear. So because we started in lifestyle as friends, mm-hmm. I didn't notice, I didn't have this feeling initially, right? Yeah. We roll into yeah. club together, friends, we're there to have fun, and it's great. Um, and then we got engaged. Mm-hmm. And that would be where I first kind of felt it, where it's like, Ooh, what about our relationship and what will happen kind of with our relationship? And so that was a little bit new to me. I think that most couples who enter lifestyle as a couple, you know, who've been married for mm-hmm. years and years and years, probably have more of that fear that mm-hmm. that you will open up your relationship to this lifestyle and somehow this will damage your Bond. Well, also consider that I was, when you were our unicorn and I was with that girl, I, I and we were with you how many of our times, right? And that never really damaged our primary relationship, right? And we didn't get together until like two years after that relationship kind of fell apart. Yeah, that that was, that was something that I kind of looked, sometimes I'm like, oh, if we hook up with a unicorn, like would that happen that somehow you and I will not be together? 
And then I remind myself, I'm like, no, I was unicorn with, with when you were in relationship and I didn't feel a need to, like, I was happy, in fact, that you, you didn't were... have to deal with my bullshit. It, <laughs> right? <laughs> like you got your sex and you just be like, get out of here. I got exactly. shit to do. I'm like, I did not want that relationship to fall apart in any shape or form. And so um, I was I was happy. I'm like, this this makes me, in fact, more comfortable. Yeah, low stress encounter. You don't have to worry exactly. about any drama or anything. And so I'm like, no, no, I don't think that that... And was I happy when your relationship was falling apart? Like, no. I was like, oh, this is shit. And so, I don't know. Now that I look back at that perspective from the unicorn, I'm like, no, I don't think that's their intention at all. Like, oh, yeah. They're looking for, in fact, for that secure well, relationship. Maybe there's a unicorn who's, who's, <laughs> who's looking interested. to make that happen. Maybe, there's, maybe there are evil unicorns out there somewhere. <laughs> Right. I mean, there are no guarantees in this world. But it has not been our experience. Yeah, for most unicorns that we've encountered, they in fact are looking for couples who are very securely attached so that they can have no drama. I think an evil unicorn is called a nightmare. Nightmare. (laughs) Nightmare. Yeah. Okay. Um, The bell shaped curve of fear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, you, you kind of already touched on that. You know, when we were, when we were, um, you know, just friends in the lifestyle. We didn't have a whole lot of fears at all. And then, you know, once our relationship was more serious, we had more and more fears. And then now that we've gathered more experience and we now have this whole life together, you know, the fear is down again, right? Like what, what, what vagina am I possibly going to interact with where I go, you know what, this is better than my whole marriage, my lovely, beautiful wife of which we have almost no marital problems. Uh, my two beautiful children, our life in the suburbs, like, is there really a vagina that I'm going to see where I go, you know what? <laughs> I don't want any of that stuff anymore. <laughs> you know, when you phrase it like that, just sounds so funny. Yeah, yeah it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm like, no, of course it's yeah, ridiculous. There's, there's no magic penis. There's no magic vagina. Well, my, my penis might be a little magical, but for the most part, <laughs> there's no magic penis. There's no magic vagina. And really, these... Fears are only going to come to pass if you've already kind of got a problem with your relationship, right? You know, it's interesting because I think if you if you have insecurities or you have a problem, it will bring it to light and you'll be more aware of it. Yeah, and, and speaking of which, we you know we already talked about fear will damage our primary relationship, but if anything, the lifestyle has strengthened our, our relationship, right? You know, it's uh, like a playground to play together. I, I don't know yeah. how to describe yeah. it. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it as like a, as like an experience and an activity that we do together, you know? It's also, it's funny because as your life gets more complex, you protect this like little island of couple fun that's just for you and I and for no reason and nobody else and for like nothing but our enjoyment, yeah. you know, like we have this like little hobby that we kept for ourselves, you know, as a parent and like, you know, professional, like you sacrifice so much. It's like, Oh, but we kept this little fun, little, um, you know, kind of space for yeah. us to continue to have fun and just explore and, I don't know, be vulnerable and still learn and, and just 
kind of grow as a couple. Yeah, and you also develop better communication and understanding, right? And I'm sure in some couples, you know, you couldn't say to your spouse, you know, like vanilla couple, you can say to your spouse, like, oh, that person's very attractive. Or like, hey, how do you feel about this particular sex act, right? Like you would never say it for fear of your spouse just not responding well to that. Yeah, that's that's been the nice part where like you can really, like I can communicate and I, you know, even if it sounds completely ridiculous, even if I say it out loud, I'm like, oh my God, I sound completely ridiculous. That, that you'll take that into account and you'll yeah. say, you know what? It's not based in reality. Here's how I feel. But if that's how you feel, we'll do that. But it does take some road bumps to get there, right? Like you do feel a small amount of pain, a small amount of fear, right? Going over that road bump. But once you've been over that road like a few times, you grow from that and you improve and you're better. I, I do agree. I do think that overcoming these fears gets to like a bigger issue that maybe was existing, but you're not aware of. And it makes your just relationship stronger. And then the next encounter you have, that fear is less powerful. Over time, you just go through that fear, you encounter it again, and you're like, huh, I'm not really intimidated with that anymore. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. we've worked through that. So you get to, it's funny, that that swinger couple um, that we... Um, that swinger couple. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know what you're talking about. On <laughs> um, first cruise, remember the really chill couple that we met, uh-huh. who were just at the level of chill. We we're like, how, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How yeah. are you guys yeah. so chill and like you don't yeah, care? Yeah, don't, like so they were they were older, you know, like yeah, I think and they've been 60s. in lifestyle for yeah. probably as long as we've been alive. Yeah, 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 and they don't give a fuck about. Anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was like, how how did you get to that level? And and now I see kind of the path. I'm like, okay, so you have so many encounters that you work through all these fears and over time you kind of learn to communicate where it just nothing bothers you anymore. Yeah, there. and you realize that none of these things um, are a threat to your relationship. All right. So that is episode twelve, Fears in the Lifestyle. Did you have any additional things you want to add to that? Nope, all the spooky stuff, you know. Just walk through your fears, give it time. Maintain open communication. Yeah. If you guys would like to email us about any questions or ideas uh, for new episodes or any thoughts or anything like that that maybe you'd like for us to address or not, you can email us at thoughtsandperspectives at gmail.com. And it's thoughts, T-H-O-T-S, and perspectives at gmail.com. And our Twitter handle is at thoughtsandpodcast. So at T-H-O-T-S and podcast. Um, so if you'd like to contest on contact us on Twitter, um, that's how you reach us. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye.